25th lesson. Marriage is God's power plan. His master agenda. I know that might rub off on some people like, Pimo, what are you saying? Like, haven't we overflogged this marriage issue? Doesn't it seem like we are overrating it? Like, come on, give us a break. Well, I'm not coming from that angle. I'm not coming from that perspective of um, marriage being a life ticket and marriage being a purpose ticket that if you don't marry, you cannot fulfill purpose. I'm not coming from that angle. Mm-mm, not at all. <laughs> I'm not coming from the angle of uh, for women especially african women how marriage is some sort of status achievement so when you get married we know we see all those things on uh, african magic we see these things play out real life even on social media you know uh tiktok nowadays and instagram reels you just see all manner of things you know there was one i saw one funny one i saw this afternoon you know how you're just surfing through your eye will just come across something and you know the girl was doing this tiktok video and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were saying stuff like maybe uh, she wasn't going to, he, the guy wasn't going to stay with her. Mm, and then she was bringing out her tongue and saying that, well, this is me, five months pregnant. You know, making it look like, uh, you know, I've, I've batched the guy. I've, you know, ah, uh, if only we understand, honestly. But one thing I want to say fundamentally, categorically, let me look for all the Lee to add to describe what I want to say. Is that marriage is not man's invention. Marriage is not an invention from culture. Mm-mm. Marriage is not societal invention. Mm-mm. Marriage was designed, instituted by God. If you are a believer and you believe in the Bible and you follow the Bible, take it from me. In Genesis chapter 2, God himself instituted marriage. It's not culture, it's not tradition, it's not religion, it's not uh, society, it's none of that. God himself instituted marriage. And he did that because he had a master agenda. God had a plan. It's unfortunate that that plan has been sort of interfered with over the years. But one thing I am sure, and one thing that keeps, you know, uh, giving me some sort of assurance, regardless of what we see portrayed out there, regardless of how it seems like there's so much attack on that institution, trust me, anything created, ordained by God, will never fail you can write it down it will never fail when it finds itself when i say never fail i'm talking about generally i'm not talking about because marriage is you know god the marriages kind of marriages are failing every day that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that marriage as an institution ordained and created by god is a system designed by god that can never fail if we apply the tools apply the uh, descriptions and the things provided by God in ensuring its success, if we apply them, 
is a system. It's like God saying, day and night, I've created it. And then when it's becoming night, or maybe when it's supposed to be night, you are wondering, it's still day and it's not night. And you are wondering, for how many thousands of years, the moon has not refused to show up when it's meant to show up. Neither has the sun refused to show up when it's meant to show up. Those are systems. It's the same thing with marriage. Created, instituted by God. And he has a master agenda. And the agenda is not to populate the earth. Because we think that is the purpose of marriage. It's sad. That some men even go into marriage. And some women go into marriage. Just for propagation. Like let's just multiply the earth. That is not the primary reason for marriage. When God created Adam. Remember in Genesis chapter 1. He had created male and female. He created the spirit. He created them out of nothing. Physical that we could see. Of course we know he created them from himself. Then let us now make man in our own image. And what is the image of God? God is spirit. So he made, he created the spirit man. Male and female. But then when we get to Genesis 2, he now gave formation to that which he had created. Amazing. But when he gave formation, he didn't give formation to uh, both of them at the same time. He gave formation to the man. From the dust of the earth, he formed man. Breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. And then the Bible says he created the garden. God had created that garden before he formed man. And then he now put the man in the midst of the garden that he had created. And gave him assignment. Gave him a purpose to live in. He said, tend and keep this garden. Two assignments. Tend and keep it. Tend it, take care of it. At the same time, keep it. Keep it so that you can pass it on. Generational uh, not just wealth in terms of passing down money to your children, but legacy. God said to him, tend it, take care of it, invest into it, nurture it. Ensure that this purpose outlives you, Adam. Tend it, keep it. Unfortunately, we know what happened. Sin came in and he couldn't exactly fulfill, you know, that assignment to the full. But all I'm saying is that God gave him an assignment. And then at some point, God said it's not good for this man to be alone. Even though he was enjoying the fellowship of God. The Bible says God would come down in the cool of the day and fellowship with Adam. And they would have a blast. I, I just try to picture what kind of fellowship they used to have. Now it's so amazing I remember my father, blessed memory, you know, saying this some years back. And I looked at him then, you know, I was a, a, a new creation reality believer. And I looked at him and like, oh my God, this man just said, just spoke word here as a very deep. What did he say? I remember then we had this church that was not far from the house. And they had this megaphone, you know, all those churches. And I'm telling you, they had services every day. I think between 10 a.m. and 12 noon. I mean, Monday through to like Saturdays. And they will blast the megaphone. 
And I remember that thing used to irritate me. And I'm like, how do you do this? How on earth do you think this is pleasing God? And I remember that day, my father were all outside and we're just talking. And he was just so upset. Ah, these people, they've said it in Europe, but they've come again. Hey, they won't even allow someone to rest. My father is a believer. He was a believer, you know. And he was like, why, why? What is it? And then he made a statement. He said, even, even Jesus, God said, when he created Adam, he was only coming in the cool of the day to come and fellowship. He left him to do his work. You are meant to go and work. I was like, whoa, revelation. Daddy, you just dropped rev. <laughs> I never saw it that way. He said, even Adam was busy working. God will only come at the cool of the day. Why are these people disturbing the peace of the community between 12 and 10 p.m., 10 a.m. and 12 noon? blasting their megaphone i just said that <laughs> i just remember that you know and, and i could literally picture his face when he was saying it that day but that's just the truth god gave him an assignment face your assignment and he will come in the cool of the day but even that was not enough god said no you need companionship you need someone to work with you and that is one thing i always emphasize that in life no one is an island. God never designed us to be loners. That is not his plan. He never designed anyone to walk through this life alone. And so he looked at Adam and said, no, it's not good for you to be alone. And you would have thought that he would have brought Eve. But no, he brought the animals. Because you need to have social interaction first. You need to understand, you know, mm, you need to understand. I'm just getting that. You know, interacting with divers. I think what God could use to depict that was animals. So, the way you interact with a gorilla, it's not the same way you interact with a, uh, with, a, with a lion. It's not the same way you interact with a hippopotamus. It's not the same way you interact with a giraffe. So, God brought these diverse animals to see what he would name them. Because the naming of those animals is a function of his interaction with them. So, God allowed him to master that art. Of interacting with animals and being able to name them. Is someone getting this? His ability to interact with them and based on that interaction, ah, this one is just sister, this one is not wife, ah, this one is just, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be a mentor to this person, this is a mentee, ah, this one is just a prayer partner, ah, this one is a business partner, ah, this one is good as a friend, friend, body, body, let's go out, let's hang out. And when God saw that he had passed that test, God now said, okay, it's time for me to bring the woman. Because you have, ex you have your senses exercised. When it's time for you to pick the woman, you will, your eyes will shine. You will know. Do not be confused. So it wasn't a mistake that God first brought the animal. He wasn't testing him in that sense. No, he was deliberate. And it's the same thing when you begin to get to that stage. Have you guys noticed when God... Uh, begins to tell you something he wants to do he'll first bring some other things he said so about david I'll, I'll anoint you as king and then he took him another almost 13 years before he finally sat on the throne he told joseph that you're going to be prime minister gave him dreams it took him almost another 17 years or 13 years thereabout to get to the throne to become prime minister but he brought different things along his way those things are to strengthen your purpose and your assignment. And that was what he did. And then when he finally came, he said, Hey, Jokakat. He said, This is now the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my bone. She shall be called woman. He was able to name her because he had already mastered the art of naming by interaction. 
And then the important aspect, and the two shall become one flesh. Under God, the coming together, the coming together, the oneness. That is the power play here. That is the strength. And that's why when you read in Matthew 18 verse 19, the Bible says, again I say to you, if two of you agree, the least number to agree, two. It says if two of you, and we all know that we find that two, that perfect example of agreement in marriage. And so the power of marriage is the power of agreement. When two people can agree in oneness, in unison, you now mix it with love. Hey, the Bible says, whatever they agree on concerning anything. He didn't say some things. He didn't say spiritual things. He said, if they agree concerning anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It will be done. That's the power of marriage. And that's what it seems like the devil continually attacks. So he's bringing people into unison with others outside of that system that he designed. That system that is produced by result of interaction. Unfortunately, we've had sons of God, as it were, interacting, you know, at this level of understanding animals. And they've mistakenly called gorilla wife. Or out of lack of maturity, or lack of sensitivity, or lack of being totally, you know, uh, um, in tune with God. Because God had given Adam his spirit. He had breathed upon him. And he said, let me see what you would name them. For some of you guys, God is watching to see what you are naming these animals that he's bringing away. And when I say animals, I don't mean it in the negative way. I'm not calling human beings animals. I'm using it um, descriptively. To explain to us that sometimes God will bring some interactions that way. It is to it is to hone our skills in our interactive skills that helps us and gives us the ability to name. And so when the woman comes, the power of agreement, the coming together, we see it play out oh God, even with Jesus. When Jesus was going to come and fulfill his assignment, he needed these two to agree. Even when Joseph was trying to do something, God had to step in and say, Guy, this thing I want to do, Mary alone cannot do it. Even though she's going to carry the pregnancy, even though I don't need your sperm, but I need you to walk in agreement with her. I need you to partner with her. I need you to serve as a covering, even as I serve as a covering over all of you. There's something that Jesus is going to come from a union of two people in agreement. That's the power of marriage. And that's why for the singles listening to me, you can't afford to casualize marriage. Please don't join them. Don't join this gang of people that just feel marriage is transactional. No, it's an institution, a system created by God. That if you allow God, the one who instituted it, to guide you on it, trust me, the results that you will get, it doesn't mean it's perfect. Because we are human beings working with this system. But trust me, as you submit under God, it can only go from better to better. It can only go from... And, and that union will produce... It's such a mighty force. And that's why the devil seeks so much to attack it. He seeks so much, doing everything to attack it. We shouldn't give him the chance. We shouldn't. We shouldn't allow him. And it starts... From when you make that choice. It starts even before you make the choice. As you prepare yourself 
towards making the choice, just like Adam did. Marriage is God's master plan. It's his power plan. It's his design. No, God didn't design it for us. He did. And we need to go back to him to allow him to lead us, to guide us, and to instruct us. My heart really goes to the single ones amongst us who are yet to start this journey. That you will get it right, you know, and that you allow God lead you. That you don't allow your senses, just your senses to just guide you. Your senses will fail you. Trust me. You need God. And for the men, be like Adam. My husband will say the first two chapters of the Bible are the two perfect chapters of the Bible. And we saw Adam walking in accuracy. You can as well because you're a carrier of the Spirit of God. You are a son of God as well as Adam was a son of God. In fact, you are more of a son, permit me to use that line you know, of, of thought, because you now carry his spirit in, you know, in the real sense. You know, by virtue of the death of Jesus on the cross. Wow. I knew that this love and marriage season, I am just going to be overshooting my time. Now I have done it again. But I'm not apologizing for it. I believe that you were blessed and I believe that you, you know, picked one or two things and probably ministered to you, resonated with you. Uh, feel free to share this, you know. Um, feel free to share this. It has blessed me as well. And um, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we continue on my uh, 40 life lessons. And I'll be sharing with you my 26th lesson. Uh, You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. It's a powerful one. It's a powerful tip. And I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Thank you for joining me. Have a beautiful, beautiful night rest. And I will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless you.